Hello, my name is Mark Gibson, and you're listening to the podcast version of the Chagask Signpost series, a weekly webinar that promotes and examines sustainability in Irish farming. Good morning, and you're very welcome to this morning's Signpost webinar. The webinar is brought to you in association with uh, Dairy Sustainability Ireland, Food Drink Ireland Skillnet, and uh, the NRN. Uh, my name is Pat Murphy, and you're very welcome uh, this morning. Uh, this morning, we're, I'm delighted to be joined by uh, two guests, and we're looking at that, I suppose, thorny and difficult subject of health and safety on, on, on farms. And it's not just a problem here in Ireland, it's a, it's a worldwide problem. And I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Jackie Cotton uh, from the National Centre for Farmer Health and Safety in, in Australia, based in Melbourne. You're very welcome to us Thank here you. this morning. It's six o'clock in the evening, so you're ready to start your weekend there. Uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> you might give us just some background to the, the work of the, the uh, centre and, and your role, if that's okay. Yes, absolutely. I am um, a senior lecturer and researcher with uh, the National Centre for Farmer Health. Uh, we are a partnership between Deakin University and a local health service here in Hamilton, Western District Health Service. And we have a focus on uh, making a difference to farmers' lives through improving health, well-being, and safety. And I'll talk to you a little bit about all the things uh, we do. How big of an issue is it and how, I suppose, relative to other industries where massive strides have been made in terms of improving health and safety, the, the level of improvement that we've seen in agriculture has probably been slower. Is, is there a similar story? Yes, absolutely. It's a, a similar story. Uh, agriculture uh, across the nation um, is overrepresented uh, in terms of fatality and injury rates, uh, compared, particularly compared to uh, other industries such as construction, mining, transport. Ones that Absolutely. you would expect to be as dangerous. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're also joined by John McNamara, uh, health and safety specialist with, with Chagas. John, again, if you join us here. Uh, and uh, it's a, a shared presentation. I think majority from Jackie and John will be coming in with a, a, a number of issues from, from an Irish perspective at the, at the end of it. Delighted also for our questions to be uh, joined by Francis Bly, uh, health and safety specialist, uh, again with Chagas. Uh, without further ado, Jackie, if you could uh, uh, prepare your presentation and I'll remind people to use the Q&A to, to put in questions and we'll, we'll put to those to both of you after the presentation. And thank you again for, for having me. I'm delighted to be joining you uh, this morning or this evening uh, for myself. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, the National Centre for Farmer Health is located in Hamilton, which is in uh, southeast Australia in the state of Victoria. Um, some of you may or may not have um, have visited Victoria in your in your time, but um, we are three hours southwest of of Melbourne. And today I'm going to talk to you about uh, health and safety uh, in Australia, um, but also touch a little bit on well-being and uh, show you where that. Um, where that also fits. So I'll talk to you today a little bit about the National Centre and, and what we, our, our origin and 
um, the, the sorts of issues uh, that um, are the reason that we exist here in, here in Australia. Um, what are the health, wellbeing and safety needs in Australia? Um, and what are some of the research and uh, extension programs and, and tools uh, for community that uh, we, are, uh, we are creating to try and address some of those issues? And this, this photo here is a, is a lovely picture, not too far from where I'm located. Um, this is in Horsham, which is about an hour north of, of where I am. Um, but is fairly representative of um, some of our inland water bodies in, in Victoria. So the National Centre for Farmer Health was established in 2008 uh, by Professor Susan Brumby. Uh, as I mentioned, we're a partnership between uh, Deakin University and a local health service, Western District Health Service. That makes us reasonably unique um, in particularly in Australia, in that we are we're not located in a capital city, um, and we have a close association in the farming community that we are we are based, which is the the importance of that association with the local health service um, really has been a driving force uh, to the success of the centre, um, but um, more so the engagement with the community that we are working um, working to improve their outcomes. We have a focus on health safety, uh, health wellbeing, and safety. So, not these are none of these are siloed um, and often intertwined. Um, and our researchers and extension um, experts often. Um, uh, work together across these three areas. You'll often hear us talking about all three uh, rather than each one separately. Our, um, our focus population are farmers, farm workers and their families, uh, but also really the, commun the agricultural communities that um, that farmers and their families live in. So we know that there are many, many people in an agricultural community that work closely with farmers um, day to day. So they are also part of the, the groups that we um, want to engage in health, wellbeing and safety. So we cover a number of different, uh, we call them pillars, um, but uh, we have uh, a focus on education and training. Um, we uh, conduct uh, research we, um, and then translate that often into our education, whether that be postgraduate um, or undergraduate education, but also the community education we provide. So we are recognised for the resources uh, that we produce and we have a, a website that has a number of different um, fact sheets that are available for not only professionals uh, but the farming community. It really has a focus on providing um, ease of access to, to health, wellbeing and safety information. 
Business development, a large part of what we do requires um, considerable collaboration and partnership. Um, and I'll show you uh, shortly some of the partners that we, we work with. Um, but that is a, um, a the, our business development um, and industry engagement is a really important part of the centre um, and sharing the information that, that, we, uh, that we generate. And here is a lovely picture of the, the, current, the current staff. Um, we have a multidisciplinary team ranging from clinicians, so re and registered nurses, um, but also, like myself, agricultural um, scientists uh, and ex um, people uh, with, we have a number of staff with um, training in both extension and education as well. So I myself have a, uh, a background in agriculture. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a. I'm not a, uh, a health professional. I'm an agricultural professional um, with a background in veterinary parasitology uh, by training, and have been with the centre for for ten years, and have made the the switch to the pivot to public health uh, with a. Uh, a focus on farm safety, particularly agrochemical exposure, but more recently uh, uh, farm safety culture, uh, behaviour change, um, quad bike safety uh, and uh, safety education. But I am surrounded by a team of, a team of people that uh, help us get, it, get the job done day to day. So as I mentioned, we, we, we have a focus on health, well-being and safety, and we don't believe either of the, any of these things stand alone um, and, and often have aspects of one or the other that, that influence each other. So, for example, um, it, naturally, safety and, and, and health are naturally uh, naturally combined um, and associated um, and uh, that also flows though to, to well-being um, and focusing on trying to uh, look at the, the impact things and aspects like fatigue and um, mental health have on safety practices and how uh, safe farmers are when they are under stress, as we all know, um, farming is a very uh, stressful occupation and I'll, I'll talk a little bit later about some tools that we provide to help circumvent that. But we, we know that there is a safety, um, there's an overflow, a positive overflow into safer practices when we um, also create um, a, a mentally safe work, workplace but also uh, um, farmers' personal well-being is also um, addressed and supported. Here are just uh, some examples of some of the partners that we we work with. We are very um, very passionate about uh, engaging with both health uh, partners and agricultural industry. Um, so people and professionals in the health sector 
um, need to often better understand the um, the pressures that farmers are under um, and the the way that some of the nuances of agriculture and vice versa. Agricultural industry also needs to understand the linkages with health and um, better integrate health into um, into strategic planning and into uh, uh, extension activities and education. So we we strongly believe in incorporating all aspects of the system in our in our partnerships. So what are some of the issues? Um, farm safety is obviously quite a uh, significant issue here in Australia. Um, and although Australia is quite vast uh, and agricultural operations can vary quite significantly across the country, this, um, the same uh, this, the same mechanisms are resulting in high levels of uh, injury and fatality, and that um, is largely due to vehicles and farm machinery. And this is the case whether you live in far western, um, northwestern Western Australia or southwest Victoria. Um, vehicles, quad bikes, um, and farm machinery, tractors. Uh, harvesters, uh, balers uh, are all culprits. Uh, the, they jostle for the top spot as to which cause the uh, largest number of fatalities. Climate variability um, has a quite a significant impact on mental health. Uh, well, both mental health um, and also hazard exposure. So we Often um, we conduct work, but often give advice um, in terms of giving giving farmer context to the issues faced due to climate variability. Social disconnection, you can imagine, um, in, in Australia, um, remoteness um, is uh, a significant contributor to um, health health, well-being and safety issues in our country. Um, and that includes distance from distance distance from services, uh, but also distance from peers. So rural rural women's health has become uh, an increasing uh, uh, priority in Australia, which is fantastic. Um, and, and trying to trying to tackle some of those um, issues associated with remoteness and access to to care um, are really really important in Australian agricultural communities. And also challenging some of those entrenched stereotypes um, associated with the agrarian lifestyle and that 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 stereotype that farmers are fit and healthy and and or young um, the median age of farmers in this country is ranges from uh, 53 to 56 depending on the year that um, the statistics uh, are taken but um, 
it's uh, certainly issues such as um, body mass index, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, um, and uh, diabetes are all issues that are particularly um, based and higher in our farming populations compared to urban populations. To give you a bit of a picture on um, safety regulation uh, in Australia, we have a central federal act, but um, the, the safety regulation in Australia is uh, governed um, by, by the states. And you can see here there are a number of different organisations that and states each have their own Work Health and Safety Act. Um, these are reviewed at different times, so they're not all reviewed together. So one of the challenges we face in Australia um, is centralisation of data. Um, although Safe Work Australia um, is currently really our, our source of truth when it comes to in, um, injury and fatality statistics um, relating to workplace. Uh, but certainly one of the challenges we face is um, as a nation, uh, having each of the states on the same page when it comes to safety intervention, safety messaging and safety regulation. So um, I just wanted to give you a little bit of a picture of um, how that looks and the number of, there's an organisation in each state that works closely with state government to regulate, um, to regulate safety. Here are some recent statistics relating to um, fatality rates. Um, and you can see here that agricultural agriculture, forestry and fishing are put to, uh, placed together and um, consistently uh, top the charts in this, in this regard. Um, and we've had, thankfully, a slight decrease um, in these 2021 statistics, but certainly they are they are still well above um, our other industries. You can see construction mining have significantly reduced their rate of fatality. And here you can see vehicle collision in agriculture um, was the number one cause of incident across Australia. So one thing we focus on, well, the thing we focus on at the National Centre is, um, particularly when engaging farming communities, is the flow-on effect of poor farmer health, whether that be poor mental health or um, a, a, an injury resulting um, that's resulted on farm. Um, we know that this has a flow-on effect, um, not only for the individual, but also for the community um, and the loss that an injured or um, a death in the community can have on, um, on committees, on reduced capacity um, through volunteer work that we know lots of farmers do, sporting clubs, community groups, um, a key loss of labour, 
um, and we can often see children often st stepping up um, and family members stepping in to to assist um, where a key a key worker is is injured, um, but also the impact on family having to care for that um, that individual. So just a bit of an overview of some of the health outcomes. Um, so a large proportion overweight or obese, one of the highest um, incidence of, of cancers in our um, rural populations compared to urban. Um, mortality rates are um, reasonably high. Alcohol consumption we know is in terms of it's... The, it's the risky alcohol consumption that in that is higher in farming communities compared to urban um, urban populations. Other aspects, so general consumption is reasonably similar, but the risky alcohol consumption is higher in the farming population. Um, and and issues like access to to GPs and other specialists um, we know is a considerable issue in rural communities. However, it's not all bad news. As I mentioned, farmers are part <laughs> have a there's a there's a strong community connectedness in in rural communities in Australia, um, and uh, community participation. And you know, when we talk about people banding together when um, when either an accident happens or we, as you know, we have this natural disaster impacts farming communities here in Australia reasonably regularly um, and increasingly regularly. Um, and so that connectedness um, is a really important aspect to resilience in farming communities. But we know the farm is a complex workplace. Um, many of our farms in Australia are family owned and operated, um, but um, we also have large commercial farms um, and also farms, family farms that that um, employ staff. But often the family dynamic, you will have um, multiple uh, people working on that farm or, or part of that farming family that work, that also work off farm. Um, but we have also children interacting with, their, with farms um, and recreation happening on farms, as well as the farming work itself. And I'm sure you're all very aware of that. So to give you a bit of a, a, just an overview of some of the training we provide, we provide training at a postgraduate level, but we also provide training um, and have created resources for teachers to use in classrooms, to um, particularly agricultural classes, to easily introduce um, farm safety to those students in a way that is engaging. There was a, quite a large gap in Australian con contextual videos um, that were engaging for the secondary school children age group, say that 15 to, or that 12 to, to 18 year old age group. So we have recently, um, recently developed some, some resources, which I'm happy to share. Our research and innovation covers farm safety. Um, it covers mental health. We have 
um, recent work that's been done in, the, in um, looking at uh, climate variability but, um, and presentation to hospitals on high heat days, but particularly looking at the data that's, that um, is specific to farmers and presentation of farmers, not just rural people. So um, often the work and the research we do, we will offer a farming context which is really important. We we feel that cultural um, that cultural competence is often really important to um, a number of different projects um, that have a rural focus, but really need a farmer focus. So here's just a bit of an overview of our farm safety research. Um, and in the middle here, you'll see we, we, the framework we, we try and operate off is the so social ecological model, which recognises that farm safety is not just about the individual, but it's about the community. It's about industry, whether that be health or agricultural industry, but mainly agricultural industry, recognising the role they play in um, influencing farm safety practices and facilitating farm sa safe farming community. So what a what a that that peer to peer interaction and learning um, within agricultural communities and of course public policy. So we provide um, uh, recommendations uh, to to both state and um, federal government bodies in um, regard to farm safety. And at the end of the day, it is all really trying to reduce injury um, and fatality in, in the country. However, we know these are lagging indicators. So what we are working really towards is recognising what are some of the what are some of the risk factors that um, we can perhaps try to measure before we're measuring an injury or a fatality. We've recently conducted some work on um, uh, children on farms um, and uh, Jesse Adams our, has just completed a PhD. Um, that included parents in this conversation, a really important part of um, and gap we have in Australia is knowing really what parents actually think about farm safety and what are some of the barriers and enablers to um, to safe creating a safe environment on farm. And we know there are lots of challenges with being a parent, ma um, managing childcare and supervision on farm, managing um, whilst also trying to to run the farm itself and conduct tasks on farm with little people around. Our service delivery outside, so lots of the research we do feeds into our service delivery. So our registered nurses conduct clinics. We conduct health checks at field days with farmers, um, collecting information on cholesterol, blood pressure, those health indicators that often people will put off going to their doctor um, because of either access or waiting times. Um, 
many farmers know that we will be at a field day and will often revisit us year on, year out um, and have their blood pressure checked every year, which is fantastic and that's what, um, that's what we want. But we also conduct clinics which are longer, they're 90 minutes. They incorporate agrochemical exposure testing um, but also have a, have a stronger follow-up um, and a stronger connection with the, the nurse who's actually conducting that, um, conducting that service. And that flows through just the health coaching we're able to provide. Utilising and partnering with other organisations um, that also really want to help provide a larger farming context in, in the way that they engage with farmers and the conversations that they have with farmers in the clinic. And here's just a couple of pictures of us in action. So our community engagement, we have a number of, um, as I mentioned, our website, you're all welcome to, um, to have a look and connect with, our, connect with us. We have a, a newsletter. If you want to know more about Australian um, health, wellbeing and safety, absolutely join our, <laughs> join our, our e-news list. Um, but we have a number of fact sheets that help um, shed some light on um, a number of different topics um, and we uh, often partner with, um, with industry in the relevant areas to review those and make sure that they are hitting the mark, so to speak. We have a set of media guidelines. We, have a, we strongly believe the language that we use in the media to, um, to report on incidents but also to uh, depict agriculture um, has a, can have a real influence on safety culture. So we've put together a set of guidelines um, for use um, and for, for producers and print media to, to utilise and refer to. Um, and there are a couple of these. These are increasing organisations in Australia are starting to, not only ours, but there are other organisations that also have media guidelines. It's such an important part. Um, of the broader safety culture story. More recently, as I mentioned, resilience has been a, uh, uh, an important part of connecting with communities uh, and a recent project commissioned by state government in Victoria has been uh, building farm spirit and this is about, has been about generating um, positive stories from farmers themselves um, who have um, experienced adversity through natural disaster or um, just the, the general <laughs> pressures and um, stress of, of farming, sharing those stories um, has been a really important project. Um, and we've, we've just finished a legacy piece, which I will share um, with uh, Pat and the team um, so everybody can um, hear some of those stories from Australian farmers. It, you might find it very interesting. We've recently had a Royal Commission here in Victoria um, onto into Victoria's mental health system and contributed to that um, to, to give a perspective on farming communities and the needs that we see 
of farming communities in Victoria. Um, and that's resulted in two, um, two new digital uh, service delivery initiatives that we are currently working on, um, which we'll be really pleased to um, provide for farmers. As I mentioned, we have AgriSafe clinics, but we've also COVID meant we had to pivot the way that we engage with farmers in that we engage farmers in their health and wellbeing. And so we, um, we developed Farmer Hat, which um, effectively allows farmers um, and, and beyond COVID allows farmers to benchmark their health. Um, we know they benchmark lots of lots of areas of their um, production and productivity. Uh, so this is a mechanism by which they can keep track of some of those um, health indicators and some of those safety behaviours. Another recent um, toolkit uh, is a steering straight program which allows farmers to identify before they are experiencing poor mental health, um, identify what sort of plan they can be putting in place um, in the event that they do really start to experience um, stress that may lead to, to broader mental health issues, um, really start to put, a, put together a bit of an action plan on how to, how to help themselves get through it and build resilience in that, in that space. We, have, we provide access to online psychology services. Um, this is a recent, um, again, COVID has re required us to, to change the way that we engage and provide options to farmers um, that help to circumvent that tyranny of distance. Um, but one thing that is important about our online psychology is that we have that we have helped train particular psychologists on this platform in farmer health, um, so farmers can choose psychologists that have been um, trained in farmer health and wellbeing. We also have a PDF um, that is very popular and a real. We encourage farmers to share this and organisations to share our managing stress on the farm booklet. This is a, this is also available by PDF, um, and it's in an Australian context. But I encourage you all to um, to also have a look um, because there's some really useful ways that um, people can help. Um, share this document with anybody that they might be um, might be worried about. We particularly recommend agricultural advisors have this on hand in case there is anybody that they are working closely with that they are a little bit worried about but don't quite know how to talk to them about that issue. But it, it's, um, it's a way we can be pointing people in the right direction. We have a podcast um, called Campfire. I encourage you all to, um, to have a look. Um, but this has come out of a project that was specifically designed to um, address mental um, well-being uh, in the workplace. Um, so, again, we have WorkSafe Victoria really um, amalgamating two key areas um, that is mental health and safety. The two don't, the two aren't separate.
So as I said, sign up to our e-news. I absolutely recommend it. <laughs> so who do we reach? We try and reach farmers. Um, we reach community organisations and health professionals at the moment. We engage with policymakers. Um, a number of our staff, including myself, are on um, are on reference groups and, and committees that um, allow us to bring farmer health into the conversation so it's not forgotten about. Um, but also students, we are training the, the next generation of researchers um, and also professionals that are working directly with farming communities. Who do we want to increase our reach? We want to, and we are really focused on increasing our engagement with trusted advisors and helping them to recognise their role in health, wellbeing and safety, not only for themselves as members of farming communities and sometimes farmers themselves, but also what is their role as a trusted person in a farmer's life? What is that they are they are key influence influences in decision making and decision making around not only the business that they are working with but also um, safety and well-being practice so we're working to engage um, engage them a bit more teachers and educators as I mentioned trying to make it easy to talk about farm farm safety and health literacy in a farming and agricultural context um, in the classroom um, and also farm children and parents. Um, we really uh, look forward to having a, a, an increased focus on these areas. So I'll finish up by what the evidence we have and we collect from lots of different, as you, as you could see, where we cover lots of different areas. But the thing that is common is that personal connection is essential. There needs to be a focus on prevention rather than looking necessarily just at what are our lag indicators, the things that happen after that's already happened before we know about it. So what we want to do is prevent, prevent these things before they become numbers. The language we use when we're talking and engaging with farmers whether um, particularly in a health context is really important. One size won't fit all. Not all farmers are the same. There's nuances in terms of location, enterprise type, um, family structure, generational um, uh, factors. Um, there are many, many different, um, there's a variety of um, of different types of farmer, farming. Um, limited downtime, recognising that farmers don't have a lot of time. So um, when, we, when we are engaging with farmers, recognising that and getting to the point. Local matters, people who, are, who understand the, the community and their needs um, is a really important factor in success. Um, and that, again, leads into personalisation, helping um, engage and encourage farmers to talk to their peers um, in, in terms of whether it's getting a health check or buying a respirator. Um, 
you know, that personal engagement leads to word of mouth. Um, and, and again, building on existing networks um, and resources and, and knowledge, um, building on knowledge within the community, but also um, building on people and organisations that are in a community because we are in Hamilton, but we need to know more about um, areas in Queensland or areas in Western Australia so we really, the connection we have and the partnerships we have with local organisations is really important. And finally, we know farmers are interested in their health, wellbeing and safety. They're interested in their blood pressure. They're interested in their chemical exposure. Um, but um, when the context is right, so you don't know what you don't know, but um, what we want to do is have, have get the context right so people realize that they need to know um, the need to know about health well-being and safety. I will leave it there and I'll hand over to John and we'll have a um, open to um, I'm sure some of you um, will have some questions. It was very <laughs> nutshell presentation of health well-being and safety in Australia. Okay, thanks for that. Thank That's you. I suppose what what you're, we're seeing there is is a huge degree of similarity with the issues that I suppose we face here and and some of the attempts we're making to to uh, deal with them. John, if you are happy to come in there and just remind people, let's see, we're talking about sustainability and you know it's you know goal three of the uh, you know UN goals is to uh, improve health and well-being and I think Jackie in her outstanding presentation has outlined the benefits of both health and safety uh, and that and I've you know I'm delighted to hear that Jackie mentioned health you know it's an issue we've pushed as well and uh, I think health and safety are integrated. Okay, I'm delighted to say we have an MOU in place with uh, the National Centre in Australia. You know, I think I recall I met uh, Professor Susan Brumbley maybe in Canada in about 2010. And, you know, we've been working together ever since uh, and that. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, I think it's clear, I think from uh, Jackie's presentation like that, you know, we influence each other in some ways uh, and, and that. No, I think, uh, you know, it's how to gain adoption is the challenge that we all face, you know, in, you know, widely dispersed and largely uh, self-employed or, or, you know, SME type, uh, you know, family enterprises uh, and that. Now, what I want to just talk briefly and I want to leave time for questions is, you know, our current projects and an overview of, you know, current farmer safety behaviours. Right, we have an abundance of research going on. Dr. David Meredith is the principal investigator uh, for this. Uh, and, uh, you know, Chagosh's uh, uh, strategic goal, one is to uh, improve standards of living uh, and well-being, right? So we've projects in health and sa in safety, in health and in well-being. You know, we've a Department of Agriculture be safe. We've a European uh, uh, Horizons project, Safe Habitus in health. Dr. Diana Van Dorn has just finished her PhD on, on cardiovascular health. And, you know, we're very strong on our research on well-being. You know, so farmer isolation, uh, uh, social sustainability, and on firm ground, 
which is uh, a signpost training for agricultural advisors on dealing with uh, health of farmers. Now, uh, no, we, 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 we publish everything. You know, I put up uh, two reports of the cardiovascular health study and of the Engage project. But, you know, we have a lot of papers published in recent years. So if anyone wants uh, uh, more information, it's available. You know, but as I said, adoption is the issue that we want to address. Now, uh, Prof, uh, Dr. Mohammed Mohammed Arezi, who's a research officer with the, uh, you know, Safe Habitus project, you know, ha, uh, you know, we're publishing this paper currently, you know, has done a study and, you know, uh, using a vignette approach, uh, has found, uh, that basically, uh, uh, 26% of farmers adopt safe behaviors. Yeah, uh, you know, in other words, 57% uh, do not. Now, um, there's a big gap. The greens, uh, the, the top lines there, from about a, a scale of about four up, uh, you know, they're the, they're the people adopting safe behaviours, you know, but then there's a group in the middle, 64 farmers, uh, and, uh, you, you know, in this study out of, I think it's 307, uh, um, you know, that are neutral, you know, but there's, uh, you know, a big number of farmers there, you know, 137 and 82, you know, who are below a score of two, uh, you know, related to unsafe behaviours. So we've made some progress, but we have a long way to go. Now, uh, the issue is this, that, uh, you know, attitude is pretty positive uh, and intention is, 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 is positive, uh, you know, but the behavior is lagging, you know, and past behaviors, risk perception, good farmer identity and perceived behavioral control. They're all in the, you know, in the yellow or, you know, line and, uh, you know, and social norms, which is a huge issue, you know, they're also in the yellow band area. So, so, so we have a lot of work that uh, can be done. Right, I'll just throw up um, uh, uh, the theory of planned behavior. It's the the the, the, prom the, the uh, prominent theory in uh, voluntary adoption, and uh, this is an Irish uh, uh, study uh, supported, you know, by the HSA. And just to describe it, attitudes, social norms, what your peers think you, what you think your peers think of you. Uh, and perceived behavioral control. What, uh, how, uh, you know, how straightforward you think, uh, it is to do something. Those three things drive intention and intention drives behavior. Now, the key thing I want to point out in this, uh, study is that the subjective norm to intention factor is 0.6. Uh, which is very high by international standards. Point two uh, is the normal kind of uh, measure. So that that really means that in Ireland, farmers are very uh, very uh, influenced by their peers, and I think that's an area that we need to work on more. 
Another study related to stress and injury. Firstly, the study, uh, you know, and this is by Emilia Fury in UG uh, back a number of years ago, but still very relevant. You know, farm stress due to workload or poor health and safety conditions or financial stress, you know, but, but we were looking at those stress in, in uh, 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 influence injury expectations. And the short answer is it does. But uh, uh, stress also affects mental distress and that affects depression and anxiety and that. Now, uh, the relative good news is that social support, again, no, these are the, 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 the maroon uh, diagrams. They're negative if you, if you look at the scores, but social support is uh, very positive to uh, mental uh, distress. So, so again, uh, you know, people working in groups and in communities is uh, is hugely important uh, for for, for uh, mental mental distress, and of course, this can also lead to injury expectation. Right. Uh, just to finish. Uh, uh, we have an international conference. I have the, the information up on the screen and, uh, you know, it's taking place on the 23rd to 25th of August. It's taking place in our uh, research and innovation center in, at Grange. Uh, you know, there's uh, people coming from all over the world. Uh, there will be a representative from the Australian National Centre there. Uh, now, there are a limited number of uh, places available for, for persons to, to attend, and the email address to contact is there. Oh, no, otherwise, uh, no, thank you very much, and no, I look forward to uh, discussion and questions. Okay, thank you very much, John. You might uh, stop sharing there and remind you then to put your, your questions into the uh, questions and answers uh, tab. I suppose, uh, Jackie, just a, a couple of quick questions. Uh, I suppose we're seeing a certain degree of change in, in, in the farm labour force here, and I suspect it's, it's not that dissimilar where uh, an increased reliance probably on, on uh, migrant workers and short-term workers uh, and I'm assuming that's posing additional challenges in relation to health and safety and, and practices in relation to working with, with that particular contingent. Yep, absolutely. It's a, uh, it's a real priority. It's a, I just know it's a, it's a policy priority at the policy level um, is, is <clears throat> making sure that seasonal workers are included um, and safety messages are accessible by um, people and are available in a number of different different languages, encouraging um, workplaces who are employing seasonal uh, workers or might, um, uh, called workers, um, you know, with a, 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 the language diversity, that, um, that their safety messaging is is being accessed and it is being put in front of those workers but we know it's it's an it's a challenge being yeah. faced by a number of different uh different enterprise types i suppose one other thing that that often strikes me that that uh i suppose there's a, in in construction and in other businesses there's a whole business community has built up around the health and safety issue 
Whereas am I right in saying by and large, it's been left to public services to, to provide the same service for, for, for farmers. Is that something that's likely to continue or is there a, 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 a possibility of a professionalization of, of some of the responsibility in that area? I think, I think just due to the, the nature of the farming business in, um, well, not only here, but, mm. but internationally, certainly in Western um, countries, um, I think there will continue to be um, a lot of emphasis placed on the, the communities of the individuals who are farming as well as the individual. I don't, I don't honestly see that, um, see that, that changing. Um, what, what we hope will change is that the, the priority of um, in terms of um, health facilities, for example, that are available to those farming communities and within those farming communities um, are a state of, as state-of-the-art as urban communities have access to, but workforce is also an issue whether it be whether it be from a safety perspective and managing regulation of of um, of health work health and safety um, or whether it be providing health professionals who are trained and willing to live in rural and regional um, areas um, that will that continues to be a challenge. And I suppose uh, just a final question before I hand over to, 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 to Francis. Uh, the degree to which the an, uh, initiative around health and safety is driven by uh, legal requirements as opposed to voluntary, is it in Australia, is it primarily pushing a legal requirement for health and safety compliance or is it more about trying to get messaging out there to try and get people to, to engage voluntarily? A little bit of a mixture. So recently, certainly in Victoria, um, where we are based, there's been, so this is where dif the different states in Australia have different focuses and priorities in when it comes to, to safety. But certainly in Victoria, there's been a large um, government priority um, towards safety. But what that has meant is that there's been a farmer organisation in particular, the Farmers Federation, who, de who, who developed a program called Making Our Farms Safer that um, actually provided the manpower wasn't very, it's not very big in terms of the number of farms, but what it did is provide people that can consult in health and safety on farm and try and bridge that gap between <laughs> providing information and engagement and, and, and training in safety practices and the legal ob obligations and understanding of the, the legal obligations that farmers actually have but aren't necessarily regulated okay. or policed. A number of questions coming in there. Uh, yes, Pat, uh, lots of questions. And um, thank you to everybody that has put in their questions. I, I have a few and I know we're caught for, we haven't much time, Pat. So 
Jackie, you might be just brief with, with your answers um, to these. Sure thing. The, 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 fir- the first question that I have coming through there is you talked a lot about, you know, the, the health checks that you've done and lo- large amounts of great work in that, that particular area. One person is asking about the agrochemical exposure uh, element of it. What tests do you try to do or how do you handle that in relation to those tests, those uh, interventions? We can test for cholinesterase, which is related to organophosphate exposure. What that does is create a conversation about other chemicals that farmers might be exposed to. We can then direct to, if someone is particularly worried, we direct to the GP who might be able to ask for tests for a larger scale, um, larger, a broader range of, of tests. So we have a bit of a pathway to pointing people towards more broader chemical um, residue testing. That's kind of a follow-on there in relation to, let's say, you said you go to the events or the farm days. They're brought back sometimes into more comprehensive assessments for some people that need them. Is that, that the, That's the process, is it? They can be, or they will choose. The, the farmer, if, if they're in an area that has an agri-safe clinic, they may continue of to see us between between field days or if they'd like to have a a bit a longer more thorough conversation brilliant you also talked a lot about you know the digital and virtual and i suppose covid has brought that along how does that relate to the need for personal engagement when um dealing with health and well-being and safety issues i suppose the connection this person is asking really about the connection and is there a loss of connection when you go online how do you deal with that Yes, there there can be. We we try we try to d- deal with that through having making sure the person on the other end of the line uses the correct language, understands the the pressure and stress and the the farming environment. Uh, but absolutely, it's a challenge to try and um, to engage people in those online activities. It's it's been a it's challenging. I don't we don't quite have the answer for it yet. Pat, have we have we time for one more? One more, yeah. One more. So, so the last one really is is associated with sheep farming and Victoria, and the, the emphasis here is on scrambler bikes, and you're on them for a large number of hours, and maybe up to ten thousand sheep. Is that something like it's not that something? How do you handle that, or what messages are you trying to give out in relation to that? Scrambler in, in bikes. Time? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Vibrate and it's certainly something that we provide information on about um, vibration and that um, and how that can impact the body, um, but also and that relates to tractors as well. Um, but um, also ensuring that, that um, and certainly we've been working um, with our health department in campaigns that encourage the use of proper gear, not forgetting helmets and, um, and but helmets in particular, um, but heat can also be an issue associated with long periods of time on the motorbike in the helmet there's um, many compromises that farmers need to make in different areas of the country in relation to that. 
Okay, we're going to have to call it there. It's uh, been a quick hour. Uh, listen, and I'd uh, just like to say thank you very much for joining us. And uh, given of your what is now your free time, I think uh, you, you're past the end of the working day in in in, in uh, Victoria. So thanks very much for joining us and giving us your time and your insights. And I think I suppose one of the messages is that a lot that while there might be some differences, there's an awful lot the same and we have an awful lot of common challenges and a lot of work to do in this area. John, thank you very much for your uh, insight into some of the work that's going on. I appreciate it and uh, we'll, we'll have you back again because this is a, an enduring topic. So thanks uh, as well to, to Francis. Uh, next Friday, uh, we're going to be joined by Noel Meehan and, and uh, Fran Igo. And as you may have, have seen in press releases, We've uh, uh, there's just been announced a, a 60 million fund to support actions uh, for water quality in a, in a large EIP. Uh, I suppose this is something that has been identified as uh, in relation to the work of the ASA program and, and other programs that where there's voluntary actions being uh, uh, taken on by farmers that if we want to get a, a higher degree of, of uptake of actions, we need to provide funding. And the two departments, Department of, of Agriculture and Food and the Marine and the Department of Heritage, Housing and Local Government have come together to put together this, this fund supported by the EU. Uh, and it's now going into place in a um, an EIP led by a law pro. So Noel and Fran will be talking about that next next week. And with that, we'll, we'll leave you. Say thanks to, to Yvonne Marr for all her support. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you. You've been listening to the podcast version of the Chagask Signpost series, the weekly webinar that promotes and examines sustainability in Irish farming. Don't forget to join us live every Friday morning for our latest webinar. For more, visit chagask.ie. And you can also rate, review and subscribe to the Signpost series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Mark Gibson, and thanks for listening.